0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Markham.
1: Sean.
2: You to never guess what I think I am.
1: I don't want to, It scares <laughs> me a little bit.
2: Well, only I have the brain power know that I am a genius.
1: Well you know, I, I'm Italian so an only child, so I grew up with my mom telling me that all the time that I'm a genius. <laughs> but uh, then I grew up and maybe I'm not. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I never never took a test or anything. So maybe I am a genius in something that I never never used. Who knows? What <laughs> does it well, mean it genius is, anyway?
2: That's the question I have as you're talking I'm thinking, is it a number? Is it a way of thinking? Is it a way of being? Is it what you think yourself? Is it what others think of you? I have no idea. As
1: Maybe as all of that. Topics I don't we know. Talk
2: about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 kinda, I'm the opposite of genius for most things we talk about, Marco. I'm kind of ignorant on some of these, but I that's why I love this, is we get to talk to people who know about these topics.
1: And that's why we created Audio Signal. so we don't have to talk about technology, cybersecurity, and society, but hey, we may end up talking a little bit about that because of my opinion, society, obviously, anything we talk about applies to that. In this case, we're talking about a book, which I believe is connected to not just the book, but an entire methodology, I guess, to for people to discover. Uh, I don't want to say if they are a genius, maybe everybody is a genius, but what, what is their cup of tea? Um, Maybe that's how we define it, but again, we don't know. So we have a a guest to talk about it. Sean, would you would you like to tell us?
2: Yes, Catherine Matiske. Thanks, uh, Matiske. Thanks for joining us. Um, you're the author of the book, one of one of thirty, if I'm not mistaken. You you've been very active with the I don't know the typewriter, the pen, the notepad, the uh, <laughs> the 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 microsoft note i don't know where you do where you record all your stuff but 30 books that's pretty that's pretty impressive um tell us a little bit about who you are Catherine, and kind of what led you led you to be an author leading you to this book and and then the model that uh, that you've created
3: so thanks sean and thanks marco for having me and um And, Sean, you are a genius, and Marco, you are too, and that's what my work is all about, is really unlocking that inner genius in everybody. And so my work came about now because I've spent 30 years of my life in corporate learning and development, consulting to some of the biggest companies in the world, and what I've come to realise is that there is a sweet spot for everybody. And you know when you're in that sweet spot. You know when you're in that zone, which I've coined the term the genius zone, and and everyone has been there and some people live their life there. And if you are living your life in that genius zone, then you're really like you've heard that term in the flow Well, this is kind of that on steroids. So you're super productive, you're connected to people, you're doing what you love every minute of the day and not just at work but family, home life, interests and so on. So that's that's really what my work is all about is everyone has it, it just needs to be unlocked.
1: Well, there is already so much, (laughs) right? Okay, you go, Sean, you get started. (laughs) You're oh, the I'll genius. Go.
2: I am the genius. So are you. So are you. I'm. I'm gonna take a take a shot and say that Catherine is a genius as well, which I know she is. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind for me is because you said there's a moment. Some people live in that moment uh, for extended period of time, all the time. And I'm just wondering, is it is it a, a situation where we have to feel it to to be in it or what what's the what's the definition i guess of of being a genius in that moment in the flow
3: so i created a profile to help people to understand where they are in in the world as far as their preferences go and what happens is I've based it all on learning science. And so, what happens is people take the profile and end up with one of 12 archetypes. And that really describes that sweet spot of where they do their best work. So, you might be someone who has this innate ability to connect with other people, or you might not be so good at that, but you might be really brilliant at the detail, or you might be really brilliant at the doing, like getting things done. Or you might be someone, which I fall into, of coming up with new ideas, visioning, brainstorming, and so on. And so there's 12 of those. And so you say, well, okay, what am I really good at? And then that says to you, well, what am I not good at? How can I just do what I'm good at and basically get other people on my team who are good at something that I'm not good at to do that piece of work? And it might be in a work situation or in a family situation and you realise, once you realise what your genius zone is, what it uncovers is what you're not and then how different you are to people on your team and how you can get that collaboration working so everyone's doing what they're good at. So it's a really easy process but When you're in that genius zone, and you know, when you're doing a project or something that you love, and all of a sudden you look at your clock on your computer and two hours have gone past, you you go, Wow, where did that go? That's it. That's the spot. Or you may be building something. You might be in a workshop building something, and you go, Wow, like it's dinner time, and I didn't even know I'd spent all afternoon doing this. That's the spot where that time disappears, that sweet spot. And athletes call it the zone, and it's that state of peak performance where they forget about everything and focus solely on the task at hand. And the same can be said in business and professionals, where you're able to laser focus your attention on a task in that complete immersion, and that's when you've entered that genius zone. The more you can do that the more connected you are and the more you can unplug and just, it, it's not stressful. It's easy. It's that where you're really working at your highest level of productivity.
1: So th- this seems to me, uh, and then you, we're going to go more in the methodology, but it, it applies, as you mentioned, to every aspect of, of life, like, you know, find mm. your sweet spot. Mm. And on a personal level, I sometimes I do fantasize about the fact that you know maybe I could be I don't know a great drummer, but I never actually play the drums and I've been you know playing the guitar maybe not even that that well, or being a great golfer. But how do you know if you never try? So maybe this is the old approach. Uh, I'm gonna say old, but the tradition is like you know m- maybe you got lucky, maybe you got the mentor that sees your potential in you and say. Hey, maybe when you are like I don't know, 80 years old, nine years old, and the you know the the, the sport uh, teacher tells you you could be really good in playing soccer or maybe mm. another sport. Mm. But then I think about how many people find themselves in that other side of things where they mm. end up spending the entire life doing mm-hmm. something that they're not. I'm not going to say they're not really good at it, but they're not excelling. They're not the because maybe they don't enjoy it as much. So, yeah. How did you click into, you know, seeing what could be different compared with what the traditional way
3: is? Mm. So, as I said, I've be, I've come through. I, I started my career in the computer industry, and um, that's where I really found my feet with training because I was a computer trainer. Back in the days, like this is like 100 years ago, when Microsoft Office first came out and everybody in business went to training. Like everybody did Excel training. Everybody did Word training because it was so new. No one knew a thing. And so I was that trainer up the front of the room. So I was training five days a week. And so group after group after group would come through my training course. And I realised that this was a great scientific breeding ground for me to understand why some people came in and immediately clicked into it and others struggled to even use a mouse they like the concept of using a mouse for them was just like so foreign and so after training thousands and thousands of people I started to realize that what was it about some people that made them successful and how could i make those other people who were struggling how could i teach them a different way so they became successful too so it was almost like a little experiment and then i started training trainers and i started getting into the idea of learning science and all of that evolved where i realized that some people had worked out exactly what you said to click into that spot. And they had careers that aligned. They had interests that aligned with that. And other people were just in a job to earn money and it wasn't what they loved doing. They just happened to fall into something and they might have spent 10 years in there or their whole career, but it wasn't really who they were. And so, and I know from my own life, like my archetype is the futurist. If you put me in... the the, my genius zone is coming up with ideas and brainstorming and visioning and dreaming up stuff and all of that that's my sweet spot I love that and what I don't love is the detail and we have a joke in my in my team and I did it like 24 hours ago I had a meeting with with my team and they were pouring me into the detail which is exactly the opposite of my genius zone and i know and i've said to them i have a capacity in that area of about 43 minutes and i can stay in the detail and i find myself in a zoom call and i did it last night in this meeting it was like excruciating detail and i could tell after 40 minutes i'm just like losing the will to live And at 43 minutes, I'm going, how much more of this? And then they said, can we ask you another question? And I just about combusted because I thought I cannot handle any more of this detail. On the contrary, my team member who is in her genius zone in the detail and she's the scribe, the archetype of the scribe, she can stay there all day, every day. She's showing me massive Excel worksheets and she is loving it. And on the flip side for her, when I talk about dreaming up new ideas and visioning, she just, like, goes, "Uh, I just tell me what you want done and I'll just put the detail around it and make it work. So we are the perfect match. She does all of the detail that I don't want to do and I come up with all of the ideas that she doesn't want to do so actually we're a match made in heaven. But put us in each other's genius zone. And it's actually really painful. And so knowing that means that we can collaborate and knowing that means that we can do this deep work together and I can put up the white flag and go, okay, I've had enough of this detail. Have you got enough to go on? She says, yes, off we go and we're happy campers again.
2: Wow. Oh, you've added 20 more questions to, uh, to my brain. Yeah. <laughs> So, Question go is your genius,
1: your... Sean. <laughs> Questions <laughs> gonna, is your I'm genius.
2: gonna go so you, you were a, a trainer and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull on that a little bit because I'm wondering you talked about athletes as well. And hmm. is is the zone and maybe more so the archetypes that you talk about are they innate in us or is it something yeah. we can learn and train for and I don't know, if we if we find the zone, is it something we can improve upon and, and really make the zone uh, whiz and, and scream and, and, and fly?
3: Um, it, it is innate. You're, you're born. It, it's it's um, nature versus nurture. And it is in us. The, the way The way we take in information, so it comes from a basis of learning. So the way you take in information can be very different to the rest of your family, can be very different to your parents, that's absolutely innate. It is unlikely to change for the whole of your life and you can see in little kids what they gravitate to. Are they the kids that are always building stuff with blocks? Are they the ones who are gravitating to drawings? Are they wanting to listen to music and dance? What are they? How are they using their five senses to take in information? That pretty much doesn't change for the whole of life. What does change is you can force yourself, like me, I can do a day's work in Excel and get into that detail. Is it my genius zone? No. It's not my genius zone, but I can make myself do it. Because I know how to learn how to do that, right? And we can make ourselves go into these other places and operate, but it's not our genius zone. So once you work out what your natural fit is, then you can say, wow, okay, so how do I do more of that and less of stuff that I'm not naturally attuned to?
1: And I, I can
2: says, too bad you get to do it all <laughs> anyway. Here, here are your five archetype hats and then uh, a sixth one for uh, for the weekend you can wear and you get to yeah. do it all, right, Marco?
3: Yeah, and the genius zone can present in lots and lots of different ways. You know, if you think about my colleague who is the scribe, really into the detail, if you look at her, she's also really good at um, cake decorating and you go, what's that got to do with anything? What she's good at is that absolute precision detail of decorating cakes and going into that piping and so on. And she will sit there all day doing that piping of icing on a cake. Now that to me, if I had to do that, I, as I said before, I'd lose the, the will to live because I just think, why can't I just slap icing on it and, you know, chuck some fruit on the top and we're done.
2: So... did the cake.
3: Yeah, but those... but So that level of detail and precision and she's so good at, you know, like the Excel spreadsheets that she does are beautifully formatted. Everything's fantastic looking. She also does cake decorating. And you go, is there a link? Yeah. So there is a link with how that manifests out. And another one of my team members is really musical, so works all the time with music in the background. And we've got Spotify playlists that we've developed for each archetype so that you can get into that genius zone really quickly through music. But he always has that music on and happens to be a really good singer and plays the guitar. So you go, okay, now I'm seeing the correlation. So you said before that you always thought you'd be a great drummer but you've never played the drums. There's something in you that says, actually, I think I could do that. So one of the things you could challenge yourself is going into a music shop and start, you know, mucking around and seeing if you like it. There's something in us that says, hey, try this, and maybe that could uncover a new thing for you we know what we're good at it's just about saying okay if I'm really good at something how do I then you know put that into other areas of my life
1: and to start with is how do I find out early enough that I can develop that skill because you may be good at something but maybe let's just start you know much younger. I mean, you can be natural, as they say, but yeah. you also need to train that skill, I believe. so can I yeah. can I ask you something like so I'm familiar with all the archetypes in um, with campbell and and young and all of that, so the hero and 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 uh, the creators and all of that in these stories. Um, tell me about are these uh, similar and most of all, do you can you be an archetype that is associated with different kind of archetypes so are you one thing and one thing only sounds like you you may have different feature from different archetype coming together so how does that work yeah personalities and so forth
3: yeah so with the with the other models and things on, on out there and the other pieces of research like the Carl Jung, et cetera, if you think about the Carl Jung model, he created the iceberg model, which is above the waterline of the iceberg is the observable behaviours. And so that's profiles like DISC, for example, is what you see in a person is their behaviour. And so there's profiles just on that level. There's other profiles that say, okay, they're beneath the surface. So the Carl Jung material is about that. So it's not necessarily manifested in behaviour, but it's deep inside. us, what drives us and so on. With the archetypes for the genius quotient, so there's IQ, EQ and GQ, the genius quotient, if you think about the iceberg, it's both. It's above the surface and below the surface. So below the surface is... How do we actually take in information, which is really personal to us? How do we actually operate in the world? And above the surface of that waterline, how do I show up in the world? How do I communicate with other people? How do I connect to other people? How do I influence other people? So it's both. So it's the first profile to put that all together. And then you think of you as an iceberg with what's driving you underneath the surface and how I show up in the world, and then you look across the water and you go, holy moly, there's a whole lot of other icebergs and people around me, and they're all doing things differently in my family, in my friends. There's all these icebergs around us, my colleagues, my team, my boss, my, my peers, all these other icebergs around you, and how do I connect and communicate with people who are really different different to me. They're using different language. So how can I tap into that language? So you are one ice, one iceberg, one archetype. That is who you are. And then you're having to work and navigate with all of these other people around you.
2: Yeah. And sticking with the iceberg, I don't know if this is something that you look at, talk about, teach, um, educate, whatever. The, there's the presentable piece. Um, and I'm just wondering knowing who you are and what your zone is and how you feel in that zone, how do you take the visible piece of the people around you and their, be, their behaviors and, and either are those the right behaviors or are they, are they presenting something that they're not? Are they presenting something that they're true? Are you, are you, hitting other icebergs under the water and you don't know why because they're presenting yeah. a certain way.
3: Yeah, and that's where there's these clashes of communication. That's why we play email ping pong because we're going back and forth, back and forth, I don't understand, I don't understand, da da da, da, da back and forth, back and forth. That's why meetings are unproductive because we've got all these people coming together who speak actually different languages and they use different words And that makes complete sense to them but not necessarily to everyone else. And so, you know, that's where conflicts come in, relationships go sour and so on. There's a solution for all of that. And the trick is, and I've created tools to do this, is if I'm my archetype, how do I communicate with other archetypes in their language? So I've developed a way to change The way I communicate to other people. So they say, wow, Catherine Matiski, she's talking my language. I get it. I don't play email ping pong. When I send an email to someone, they read it and go, I get it. And I'm not doing that because I'm psychic or super clever. I'm doing that because I'm following a pattern of a tool that I created called the Inner Genius Wheel. And I'm creating and I use something called the Archetype Translator Tool, which sits on my desktop. And I think, okay, who am I communicating with? And I use words that hook in to that other archetype. Done. And so is it a skill to know how to do this? Absolutely. Absolutely does it take time yeah probably a week of my life is think I've had to think it when I train people on this it probably takes them about a week to get into saying okay before i press send who am i talking to okay change a few words bang send hook some in job done so it's a very small investment of time in order to get a whole lot of extra time back because you're not having to clarify you're not having to deal with issues your communication is all ironed out and all of a sudden you're starting to become more influential. So the first part of my work was, okay, I know how to do this, I know how to set up the profile, and then I thought, where's the how? So I thought, okay, I have to create tools for people so they know how to actually do exactly what we're talking about, communicating with people who are really different different to us. And
1: so... Because it's interesting what you're saying because you can know who you are but still live yeah. in a, in an island <laughs> and you know who you you're are. You're out there on your you... iceberg,
3: yeah. You're out yeah, there you're on your, your iceberg either. you look around and go, oh, there's no icebergs around me and there's no people around me. Like I'm just by myself. So yeah. it's or or trying people. to
1: express or trying to always express yourself in a certain way and, and, yeah, you may be a genius but nobody else knows about it because exactly. you can't. I, I love that. So it's it's more of a, instead of an individual approach to genius, this seems to me a a, a team, a societal approach to genius. Mm. Because, again, you're talking into a business environment, but mm. I also see it applies to, to family communication, friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many yeah. times you can fight with someone because you just misunderstand each other.
3: That's, Absolutely. that's, that's key to it. Absolutely.
1: That. And um, also... Things-
3: Yeah, sorry,
1: go on. No, 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 you go. Uh, Yeah,
3: so also you talked about learning this early. You know, I've developed the profile really so that it's from 13 years and up. So that sort of pivotal time where students are transitioning into secondary school or maybe they're transitioning to college, if they take this profile in those mid-teen years, then they start to get into that genius zone. They learn better at school. They know how to take in information and process that quickly. And so they actually learn that from an early age. But I've also had, you know, 65-year-olds taking it at the end of their career going, oh, gosh, why didn't I have this 30 years ago? Um, And they're doing it too. So it really doesn't matter where you are in in the journey.
1: And how easy is to to transition? Because sometimes you're just, I've been in this, I've invested too much of my life into this, or I'm too old for this shit <laughs> type yeah, of thing, I, right? I, th- it, yeah. How should you embrace this, even if you find out this when you're 50 or 60? I mean, they, is there a different way to to apply what you learn from this when you are 13? Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, imagine compared with when you are 60 and... What should be your motivation then?
3: So I, th- I think the first piece is the profile takes 10 minutes to do, okay? So let's, let's say it's 10 minutes to do, and you then work out from that, we give you all the tools and resources that you need for your archetype. So you get your archetype, you get something called a power-up, which is when you really want to get into the zone. How do you use this power-up? And that's individual to you. And then from there, you start uncovering the tools and then you start to I- implement so the first and easiest thing to do is to say who am i communicating with and just follow a new logic just a four-step logic of structuring that communication so it might be a presentation that you're giving we give you a powerpoint template or you know a template in G Slides, and you say Okay, I'll just follow that template and see what the difference is and just kind of test it out and go, okay, I have to do a presentation, I'll do it that way. Or I have to talk to my teenagers. Okay, instead of just saying get off the couch, have a different conversation, a different four-step conversation. So and that's easy to do. And then from there you say, well, that kind of ironed that out and now my kids are doing their homework, so that's good and then how can I do that with my team? Then if everyone, let's say at work, a team does it, now everybody on that team knows what their archetype is and you come together and talk about it and you say, okay, what are we all really good at? How do we look at projects in a different way? Using our genius zone. So we're not talking about curing cancer here. We're not talking about a 20 year clinical trial with people all around the world. We're not talking about you know finding a cure for a coronavirus. We're talking about sending an email. We're talking about having a conversation. We're talking about a PowerPoint presentation. We're talking about really basic things in life. And it's really easy to start. And then you go, oh, that worked. I'll do that again. Hang on, it worked again. Oh, now I've got a really important communication to do then how do I do that? And there's a whole slew of training courses available. Everything's that we've laid it all out for people because I want people to be successful. At the end of the day, that's what I want is I want to see more people in their genius zone because I know the difference that that makes.
2: So I think early on I I said something about feeling good, being feeling good in the zone, and I'm just wondering how – is it important to take things away from or kind of avoid things or deflect things that bring you out of the zone? And you also talk about, um, well, that worked, right? How did it work in your mind? Did you actually get feedback to say that worked and this is why? And because it it seems there's a lot, there's my zone, their zone, and then this big gray area in between that, that, uh, if I feel good, I I might think I'm doing great because it feels mm-hmm. good, right? Oh, I sent, that was a beautiful email. I feel great about that, but it didn't, they responded and something got done, but maybe not to the level that it could have if I tapped into my own zone and recognized that their own zone would, would mm-hmm. together look like this.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we know if what our measure of success is. So, Let's say you're doing a presentation and you say, all right, the aim of this presentation is to influence this. I want this outcome. Well, you get the outcome and you go, that was successful. Or your teenager on the couch is not on the couch, they're doing their homework. Great, check. And so and and then when you're working side by side with people, that's when you have that joint collaborative Um, Success measure to say okay if we're working on a project and let's say there's four or five of us working on a project how can what is the success criteria here how what what would we all consider successful and we go for that and we say okay what is the best way of using all of our genius zones and getting that collective synergy between us to get that outcome and then looking back and saying did we did we make the grade? And it may be yes, it may be no. Maybe there's improvements for next time or whatever. But it's about having. It's almost like having the courage to say, "I'm going to do things differently and see what happens."
1: Yeah, because it seems to me that I mean at the beginning it seems like you either got it wrong or you got it right, and it's it's a big change. And that's what kind of my question about when is it too late? Is it too late? But but now you're explaining the fact that it could be small changes Mm. in you in the way i mean you keep keep doing the same thing you just do Mm -hmm. it better because Mm -hmm. because of Mm -hmm. that can you tell me some of the other archetypes you say you're a futurist what what are other archetypes in there and maybe what goes which one goes well with the other and which are
2: you're the pessimist
3: (laughs) (laughs) There is no archetype called the pessimist. Okay, Good.
2: <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that
3: that's,
1: a, that, that's a positive thing. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> into categories, and there, there's um, one category of people who connect really well with other people, and that's the decryptor, the narrator, and the catalyst. And all those people are great people at asking why. They're the storytellers. They are turning information into images, they're solving problems, they're planning, they use language like I feel, they're always about connecting with other people. And there's another category called detail, and that's the scribe, the colleague that I mentioned, who's really great at those Excel spreadsheets and making fabulous cakes, There's the scribe, the valedictorian and the horologist. And those people love and prosper in the detail. They are all about identifying and and making instructions and step-by-step stuff and procedures and structure and logic and all of that. And then there's the third category, which is all about constructing things, and that's the cartographer, the composer, and the mason. And these people are the doers. They say, forget about connecting with other people, forget about the detail, just let me add it. I just want to do it. So they're the people that will take a process and they'll roadmap it out, they'll structure it out, they actually get on and do it, they're all about solutions They're the hands-on people. They take ownership and they just go and do it. So that's all of those people. And the last category is the category I'm in called the invent category, and that's the futurist, the energizer, and the explorer. And those three archetypes are all about lighting up a room and saying I'm all about innovation, razor sharp, they're confident, they're asking questions, they're inquisitive, they're coming up with new ideas. Now, If we take that group of people, the futurist, the energizer, and the explorer, and say, which is me, I'm the futurist, then you say, I can have a million ideas, but ideas are pretty cheap without the doing. Well, who's going to do that for me? So I need people on my team who are going to detail it out and they're going to construct it and actually get on and do it because I have an idea every minute. Like yesterday I went to a a town close to where I live and there's no cafe i want to stop for a coffee and there's absolutely no cafe in town i thought wow i could open a cafe here and i'd do a roaring trade well that's that's a anyone can have that idea but what does it take to actually connect that idea to reality and say all right let's go and do some you know market research here is there another cafe in town well no or where's the closest one Who's going to put all the detail together about getting that cafe up and going and who's actually going to do it? None of those things are, are me. I've just got the idea of a cafe. So mm. I need people around me who have genius zones that are different to me to actually take my ideas. And and it's the same for any archetype. If you're the catalyst and you're connecting to people and doing all of that, that's all great, but where's the practicalities? Where's the doing? Where's the ideas? So that's where the synergy comes in, and that's the beauty of it. When you've got a team that's all working in their genius zone, that team is unstoppable.
2: So I'm thinking about entrepreneurs and and CEOs who have a big idea and potentially come from a background and have experiences where they can do 90% of the doing right. Mm -hmm. And, and feel great about that going back to Marco's hero archetype from a different model. And are there people like that who, who break the mold or are they tricking themselves? Um, Would they, would they really be better off surrounding themselves with, with other archetypes?
3: I think there becomes a barrier in the end. You know, if you talk about someone who's, let's say, got a great idea for a, a new app or, or some, some sort of, you know, SaaS product or whatever, they can go so far and then all of a sudden maybe they have to pitch to investors and their pitch deck falls flat because now they're talking to a different type of person and then they say, well, I'm, I'm doing my pitch deck which all of a sudden is so complex that nobody understands it. So it's about saying, what am I really good at? Let me do that and let me get help of not how do I change myself to then be able to go and pitch to investors, but who else has that skill that I can, you know, buddy up with and do that with to say how do I actually then take someone who's really good at this pitching who can put together a great pitch deck and then help me present with that. So eventually I think you hit some brick walls and you know yourself when when you do hit those brick walls where it's just not resonating because even for me, I can switch to a different archetype. Like I can do the detail Am I good at it? Yes, I am for a while. Like, I can do the detail. It's not that I don't have the skill to do the detail. It's just not my bag. And so what what I've done when creating the Genius Zone is to say, if you're doing something in your opposite archetype, so I'm the futurist and I'm going into that opposite area, which is like, say, the horologist or anywhere in the detail area, What can I do to support myself? So what I do, what I do is I go, okay, I'm going to do the detail. I put my futurist playlist on Spotify and I set myself a boundary to say, okay, I'm going to do this detail and my max time is going to be one hour and then from that one hour I'm going to do something else. So I absolutely go into that other zone for an hour with my Spotify playlist on and I go, okay, focus, 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 the hour goes and then I go, right, done with that, I do something else and then I do another burst of it. That way I can switch archetypes but I'm supported to get through it.
1: Well, I love the fact that you actually ended up, this example with music. Uh, either a a playlist or not, but uh, apart from the fact I love music, Sean loves music and food, uh, which I do as well. (laughs) But with music, many times we talk about that as an example, and I'm going to wrap the conversation with that because as you're explaining all of this, I'm thinking a band or even an orchestra, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, It's a lot of great skills, amazing players that sounds that way together now Mm -hmm. you can play an entire song on the guitar or an entire song on drums but is it gonna be as good as when you play in tune with everybody else and each one has his great skill the bass player the guitarist the singer and so on so i feel like with a system like this you can at least kind of think about what you do Are, are you are you in the right path can you improve what you're doing? Maybe you are, but you can be a lot better than that. Mm -hmm. And are you communicating with others and playing the great tune that, you know, it really makes you happy (laughs) the rest Mm. of your life? You know, it's uh, I think that's a good, uh, a good metaphor. I don't know if you agree with that, but
3: absolutely. And if you think about an orchestra and I've played the piano since I was 10 years old and, and, The piano is a very solo instrument, of course. But if you think about the idea of an orchestra and the idea of a choir, for example, and you go from one voice and then you go to a choir of 50 people and some people might be a bit sharp and some people might be a bit flat and then there's, you know, the, the differences you know, from the tenors and the altos and the sopranos and the basses and all of that and baritones. And then you say, what happens when those voices come together? That one voice is a very narrow, single sound. But when a choir comes together, that is absolutely amplified. And the same thing as an orchestra. Like, it's not a big deal listening to a piccolo, Right. It's a pretty, you know, to every piccolo player out there or flautist, you know, it's not exciting to me to listen to that for an hour. If you're a flautist, then you you love it, right? But for me, it's not. But if you put that flute or that piccolo into an orchestral score, all of a sudden when that flute plays, they absolutely shine. And then a viola might shine and then the percussion might shine. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's a great metaphor for this because it is about the coming together where one one plus one plus one plus one is much greater than four. And that synergy really comes together. And it's the same thing is when you have one person working in their genius zone, that's great when you have a group of people coming together or an entire company of people coming together, that is amplified exponentially.
2: I love it. And I know we're, where I was in an orchestra myself, so I can appreciate everything you just described there. I know we're coming up on on time here and, and Marco loves it when I say I have one more question. Um, so perhaps we can keep it brief, but the concept of a stereotype relation to an archetype do you find that people come out of the process and go wow i i thought i was that because i was told that i grew up a certain way society says that's me (laughs) right Mm -hmm. What, what, what are your thoughts on that
3: absolutely i think we're taught from a very young age what we are and what we should be and what lane we should be in and so on and so forth through our families, through our education, and often we feel that there's no way out of that. And to say, okay, if if every, if every all of that was taken away, what is unique about me, then that starts to allow people to say, wow, you know, I've actually never thought about that, mm. and then gives people almost like, the freedom to say, you know what, I think I am really good at this. And if I'm good at that at work, then how does that translate into my family life? And then, you know, really blossom through that.
1: I love it. I love it. A lot, lot of lessons here. And I, I'm like Sean, on, in this case, I could ask one more question, but I won't. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll we'll have you back and you tell us more more story. I think it was a very interesting conversation. I hope that audience uh, will enjoy it get curious about it maybe it's a way to at least to have a self-reflection looking inside and and say hey i can i can always improve or i can always do something maybe to give me more pleasure i mean hobbies maybe, maybe one you don't need to change career but maybe you you do it as a as a fun thing and uh and that will be good for you so Again, I want to thank you so much for this episode of Audio Signals. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll share with our audience uh, some links to your resources. So feel free to give it to us. We'll put it on the on the podcast notes. And, um, Sean, no more questions. Um, maybe not even answers, but definitely some exciting way to look at things from a different perspective, which is always a good thing.
2: Yep. Ask the first question, uh... Which archetype are you? I think that's
1: yeah, where you start. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I kind of <laughs> yeah. have an idea based on this conversation, yeah. but yeah, but um, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the test and then I'll let you guys know.
2: Awesome. Great. Well, Maybe it's
1: exactly the opposite of what I think I am. <laughs> I don't know.
3: Well, you're not, you're not going to end up as the pessimist
2: as your archetype. I just want to let you know. There, that, you, okay? there you go. There you go. He, he is in my model. <laughs>
3: oh, stop it,
2: Sean. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this, this is a fantastic conversation. And appreciate uh, you bringing this to, to us and our audience, Catherine. And hopefully we get to connect again soon. And everybody, thanks for listening to this uh, Audio Signals here on ITS Today. Thanks so and much for having me. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals.